Merry Day After Prime Day. Uh, is that uh, like Prime Boxing Day? Is that what they call that? No, but that's that's December 26th in Canada, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, right? That's not... Because Guy Fox Day is something else. Hold on. It's it's the UK. No, Boxing Day is definitely a Canadian thing. Mm-mm, no. Nope. Google the uh, arbiter of all information. Boxing Day 2017 is going to be Tuesday, December 26th. Boxing Day is a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas Day. It originated in the United Kingdom. We're not going to talk about that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I typed Canada in it, and it didn't suggest... It didn't say, did you mean... So... In the era of alternative facts, I think that's good enough. So we're we're both right because both the UK and Canada celebrate Boxing Day. Yeah, like Vancouver is British Columbia, so I think it's 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 one and the same. Well, let's let's come back to that. Yeah, is is is, is Vancouver Brexiting too? <laughs> Not as far as I'm aware. Is <laughs> hard Brexit? Um, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was it was it about? Yeah. So Prime Day. So did you did you end up getting anything? Is is this just a have we talked about this in the past? Like is this just a ruse for Amazon to unload a bunch of stuff that's taking up space in their distribution centers, or are there ever any actual deals to be had? And if so, did you take part in any of these deals? Did you learn the art of the deal? Boy, there's a lot lot to unpack there. Okay. Let me let me try to address <laughs> let me try to uh address each of your questions here. So I I don't th- I've maybe emptying their warehouse as part of Prime Day, but my guess is the bigger focus is pushing as many Amazon devices as possible. Because, as has been clear in previous Prime Days, and I seems like was particularly true yesterday, Amazon's own devices were front and center. There was they they put out some type of press release today saying that I think it was like the Echo Dot was the number one selling product of the day because they had that like thirty percent off or something. So I think it's it's a day to focus on selling their own devices so that you can then buy more Amazon stuff post Prime Day, starting Prime Boxing Day as we discussed. Um, I I did not participate this year, although I did participate a bunch last year. That's where I bought my Echo, and that's where I got my Philips Hue starter pack. I bought a lot of stuff last year, so I kind of bought enough stuff last Prime Day to cover me both last year and this year. And I forget what your third question was. Something about the the art of the deal. I'm just gonna I'm probably just gonna ignore that. That's <laughs> you don't understand the question and you're not gonna answer it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you saw the tweet about well this whole thing is basically House of Cards with the cast of Rest of Development. That's pretty good. I had not seen that, but might might be really might be giving the Trump family too much credit. That's if, the if we're thing. being honest. Yeah, because who's Buster? They're not nearly that. They're not nearly that clever. They're not that likable either. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, Buster was at least like, people. People liked him. People wanted him not to be all right. Um, is that still on Netflix? Was was that in jeopardy? Like, because uh, the New York Times, the failing New York Times, has a thing called Watching, where they'll send like a newsletter every week of like the best stuff on TV to watch, and they'll also give like a recap of what is. Um, leaving the streaming archive of, of Netflix. Is Arrested Development still on Netflix? Because I knew you were doing a recent rewatch. So, yeah, when when we first started watching, um, it, Netflix will actually notify you now, uh, depending on the device that you're watching on, that 
a particular show is about to go off the service. So I got a warning about um, Arrested Development when we started season one. And my first thought was, don't you own this damn show now? Why Why does it have to go off of your service? I don't think they own the, um, the original three seasons. Yeah, though. apparently not. Um, and then when I was hearing about season five, there were also um, allusions to um, the show, the first three seasons being taken off of Netflix. But then I think at the last minute, they, they got extended. So now they're on the service for for at least a while longer. Okay, good. Seems like they probably know some people who could probably make that happen. Yeah. One one would think. Yeah. Um well, so how about so how about you? Did you did you do any uh Prime Day shopping? I didn't. As as I think we've talked about numerous times on this show, like hash I'm not gonna say hashtag old Carlos, as you as you like to try to put it, mm-hmm. is is dead and gone. So Aww. um yeah, like it, it. It. I. I don't need things, <laughs> or I'm content with the things that I have. So I. Uh, I. Impulse buying is not in my. Uh, it's not a thing I do anymore. I'm very deliberate whenever I. I waste money on 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 nonsense products and stuff. That's uh, so boring. It is, and we'll and we'll talk about your new game console that you'll be bored with in six weeks very soon, but. Because there's no, there's no, uh, so well, actually let's spoil it real quick. The, you got a Nintendo Switch. I did. Mm-hmm. So are there good games on the horizon or is the first party stuff like, because it seems like Nintendo launched with a really strong, like launch catalog or whatever it was. So the, there's supposed to be like two or three really good games, but is there good stuff coming down the pipe? So the big one is Mario. So Super Mario oh, yeah, o- yeah. Odyssey. Um was sort of everyone's big takeaway from E3 this year. It was the game that seemingly everyone was talking about. And whenever you would ask somebody, hey, what did you get most excited about seeing at the show? Uh, Mario or Mario, as you would say, um, came up a lot. And, I mean, go go on YouTube. There's a bunch of gameplay videos and stuff. It it looks pretty great. So that that's the big one. There There are a handful of other ones. Um, there's a game you, you will very likely not know this, but there was a game on the Wii U called Splatoon. It was, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. oh, you did know that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's an online shooter, but it's, you, you shoot paint. So it's like a very kid friendly call of duty, I guess. Oh, is that the one Mike really liked? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. A lot of people really like that for the Wii U. And so Splatoon 2 is coming out on the Switch, I think, just here in the next couple of weeks. Um, those are the those are the two big ones that come come to mind. Uh, but as you accurately predicted before we started recording, when I told you I got a Switch, you asked me, so you got Zelda and Mario Kart, and I said yes, um, because as you've pointed out, those are kind of the two the two things to buy right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a funny, funny video going around of Will Arnett and Conan playing another game that recently came out called Arms. It's sort of like a multiplayer boxing game, and uh, the 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 video between it was part of Conan's Clueless Gamer segment. Mm-hmm. It was uh, pretty good. Well, cool. We'll uh, we'll put that in the notes. And you got this at retail. You didn't have to do any crazy bundle package nonsense. Like you just you just happened upon it being in stock and just went for it. So we'll we'll come back to how I got it uh, later in the show. 
Um, but, but no, I did, I did not, did not really go through anything crazy, did not have to buy some $800 bundle. It actually was a, a very, very easy process. Okay. Is, is this like a TiVo ad skip thing where I can just skip, skip right <laughs> and figure out what the answer is? Uh, the listeners can, but unfortunately, uh, you represent the future where likely we're going to lose TiVo skip functionality. Oh, this is like, it's like live TV. I have to watch this. No. Right. Oh man. All right. Okay, well, congrats. Um, yeah, they are. Um, as I've mentioned on the show, um, they're they're tough to get. They you really can't you really can't just you know log on to Amazon and and get one next day prime to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, going with that, so I, I have a, this is not not a very strong theory, but who do you think is more likely to deliver single payer healthcare sooner? Amazon or the federal government? Hmm. Tough, tough question. Yeah. So I, I only say that jokingly based off of Amazon Prime. Do you do you have the numbers up? Because I remember you posted this earlier today. Um, like Amazon Prime subscriptions are like up to like 89 million households or something. Like it is it is insane. Like it's, it's basically like Amazon Prime is now like having electricity. Wait, it's like more... More people have Amazon Prime now than um, cable subscriptions, right? Exactly. That the, mm-hmm. you know? Which seems really kind of shocking, just because it, like it seems it seems odd that if you had said because when, when did Prime launch? It was when we were in college, right? Maybe halfway through college. I I definitely remember signing up for it in college, um, but I didn't sign up for it right away, so I don't. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. Okay, sounds, so let's, sounds let's roughly say right. Let's let's say it launched in two thousand eight because there's no possible way of looking it up. Um, <laughs> the, uh, like in in nine or ten years, to think that like it would feel that a one hundred dollar a year shipping club membership would feel like a compulsory part of the American experience and like to be a functioning unit of like the economy, I, you probably would not have would not have bet that. Like a hundred dollars for the privilege of shopping reliably at Amazon, just like I don't know they they really they really pulled pulled something quite special out of that whole thing well and in specific to our t word show, I think the other thing that I never would have expected when first setting up for Amazon Prime was for ten years later for it to be the place where I'm gonna get digital books that's going to come on Amazon's own hardware and that I'm going to be able to order more stuff from Amazon using a lady in a can that they also make like all, all the kind of devices and services that also now um, are, well, not necessarily come with prime, but are at least associated with prime. Um, it's not something I would have ever seen Amazon doing, you know, when the whole prime thing started. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say that a little bit differently in in my case, which is like that I, I would never th- have thought that Amazon would have such a broad and varied um, focus, but at the same time also using that broad focus like in a way where it's all focused on selling more stuff. Right, like it makes sense. Like you, like you, they have their their hands in so many different cookie jars, and like in like they're they're a tablet computer company, they're an e reader company, they're a voice and AI technology company. They they um trying to put cameras in your house. So like they're doing all this weird stuff, but all of it oddly, even though it's not specifically stated, is all towards the goal of really them being the central 
retail force in in somebody's life. So it's 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 just also disparately focused, but also surprisingly laser focused. Right. Well, and and also just surprisingly good. I mean, there of course there are plenty of examples. The Amazon phone. More recently, you know, early impressions of the Amazon show have not been super positive. But by and large, the Kindle, for example, is a fantastic device. I continue to be more and more impressed by my Echo the more that I use it and the more services I integrate it with. There's a lot of really good stuff that Amazon does. AWS, of course, probably being the best example. Not only are they doing a lot of different things, but for the most part, they do those things really, really well. Yeah, and and even when they don't, Amazon has proven to be a company that's able to iterate relentlessly to try to find a way to make it work. Right, or like in the case of the uh, Amazon, is it just called Amazon Phone, Prime Phone? I thought it was called the Fire Phone. Fire Phone, that's sorry, that's right. They, you know, they got rid of it. So, in a fire sale. <laughs> well, nicely done. I don't know if they actually called it that, but I know I know for a while it was going down to $99. For a phone, I think, for, oh God, I think it literally retailed like alongside the iPhone in terms of being priced as a premium phone at $600. Yeah, it's probably a mistake. That premium phones are priced at $600 or that Amazon priced theirs? That Amazon price there is that one. Okay, I'm gonna make no, my pre- case. Premium premium phones are gonna cost a lot more. No, as we'll as we'll uh, as we'll happily get uh, more into here. I've never seen so many people on the internet be so wrong. And so... well, should we just get into that? No, we're, we're not because we're gonna have a happy first half of the show. Okay, because you can have to get that sensor uh, beep thing that you used a couple episodes. <laughs> like, got got to figure out a way to script that in inside okay. logic. Yeah, we'll, 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 I'll write up an Apple script for that. Yeah. This is, <laughs> wow, you are, okay, you're being extremely impressive in terms of being an actual legitimate hardcore Mac user. No, I, I, just, I just know a lot of buzzwords. <laughs> but Apple script is a buzzword from 1989. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, also, I also listen to a lot of uh, Jason Snell podcasts. Mm, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, what, what was I going to say? Um, Amazon Prime providing single payer health insurance. I think I think that was the oh that's that's where we got off on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like yeah, like so there was a lot of Amazon related news, and we'll we'll just kind of go through like a couple like rapid fire things right now. So like yeah, so that's the Amazon Prime subscription growth thing, like which is astounding, and that so much of has happened. Like the exponential, it's kind of like um those charts Apple always shows. Or maybe Amazon charts as well, where like Apple shows like the compute performance, like the graphics performance of their um, of like the A chipsets and that kind of stuff. Like like Prime grew really steadily and has just like absolutely taken off in like the past two to three years. So like I mean, the, bravo to them. But on that note, so Amazon apparently is going to create or outsource some type of like Geek Squad competitor, and apparently that did not. Um, was not received well by investors and Best Buy and other types of companies. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've been saying for a long time, and I'm sure this this isn't an original thought, but really the biggest advantage that physical retail has is the one-on-one or kind of at least person-to-person 
or in-person service that you can get. You know, if you buy, especially with electronics, you know, computers in computers specifically, you buy a computer online and something goes wrong. Sure, you can do over the internet or over the phone tech support and, you know, with screen sharing and things, that's gotten a lot better. But nothing's really ever going to be as good as being able to take your computer in somewhere. Or with, you know, other things like home theater equipment, having someone come in and install that equipment for you. Again, super, super convenient. And even just being able to walk into a store and have someone come to your home that same day and do it, you know, fantastic. That's that's a huge advantage that um, physical retailers and really Best Buy especially have, with Geek Squad, had a you know, big leg up on. And, you know, I, I don't... Uh, Personally, I don't think they've done as much with it as they they probably should. And, you know, Geek Squad, I think, has kind of had its ups and downs over the years. And because of that, now they've kind of left the door open for Amazon to come in and, and really start to close the close the gap and sort of eliminate or at least begin to eliminate the the big advantage that that Best Buy's had. Yeah, so and a little bit of context, like Amazon for the past couple of years has been working on um, like this, I think, I don't know if it's called Amazon Home Services or Amazon Professionals or something like that. Like, I mean, the past two times I've had like a TV mounted or like small stuff like that. You can actually get like contracted help through Amazon and it's integrated into all like the Amazon purchase pages. So this is kind of just like the logical extension of that. Like, I don't think it's been super clear as to whether or not these will be like Amazon employees or Amazon exclusive contractors, or if it's going to be more of um, just kind of like a more structured version of this contracted help strategy. But I mean, it makes sense just because so much like, like so much non-Apple technology does end up like because Amazon is kind of just the default for e-commerce. Um, they, they sell a lot of, a lot of electronics. So that kind of makes a lot of sense. And like you said, does take away kind of one of those key brick and mortar advantages of a, of a Best Buy or are there any other consumer electronics retailers left? <laughs> like other than like, just kind of like those stores within a store for like, like Costco has a small electronic section. And like you mentioned, cause you got your switch at target, like there are like circuit city has gone was it called good guys i think that's gone like there's no other electronics retailers are there not not major ones no yeah do you know what best buy is called in canada oh i used to you should know this because of boxing day uh, right well and the, and the fact that i worked there for five plus years it's called future shop yeah that's right that's right yeah good times so yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I mean, like we don't have a whole lot of details of what that's going to be yet, but pretty cool or not cool, but I mean, an interesting develop development. Um, do you have much on? Because uh, there was a story earlier in the week about uh, QVC and HSN, um, which are channels on TV that were oddly some of the first to go high definition, which is the only interesting technology part of this. Um, they're merging for some reason to, or they're merging to compete with Amazon. Yeah, I mean they're they're in the same boat as a lot of retails, a lot of retailers, um, in in the sense that they're just trying to find ways to to keep up with Amazon. And you know, I I actually when I, I when I was a kid, I totally remember 
watching HSN. I'm serious. Like there was a period of time where I was super into that and <laughs> bought, what did I buy? I bought, I think one of those, um, well, it was given to me as a, as a Christmas gift, but one of those, those Casio keyboards with the light up keys that taught you how to play certain songs. So hold on. Wait, was this, um, life size is the wrong word, but is it one of those ones that was designed for like kids, like six to 10, where it's kind of like lap sized or is it no. one of the ones where it was kind of not piano sized, but like it was an electronic keyboard. That's kind of, kind of piano sized. The, the latter, like it had a, a stand you put it on. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Um, I got my first telescope from HSN. And a couple of other things too, I'm sure. But we're gonna leave all this in because this this speaks to to nerdy nine year old Ryan. Yeah, no, it it totally does. But you know, to transition it back into a relevant uh, topic here, it it actually speaks to at what at the time was a modern ish way to shop. I mean, online shopping existed at the time, but this was certainly pre-Amazon. I I don't personally ever remember me or my family ordering anything online. I'm I'm sure we must have, but nothing stands out. Like either you went into the store, you ordered by catalog, or you ordered online or ordered not online, ordered you know over over the TV. So. We've come a long way, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember, like, I, like I never ordered anything off that, but like sometimes because um, I've can I say the the can I go off into a, like a really dumb story? Oh, please. Um, as a family, we like because in in we we both grew up in in like a similar area, like in Orange County. We were weird in that like <laughs> my my family had cable, but we never for some reason had cable boxes. Oh, we knew, we didn't either. So, but the thing was, like, there was always, like, channels, like, 2 through, like, 78 or something on whatever Cox Communications, like, digital, or, like, or like expanded basic or whatever the hell it was called. But the thing is, we only had, like, regular TVs, and our TVs only went from channels 2 to 36. Hmm. And then one day, because I'm, I'm, I'm amazing, I've, we, got, we got, like, a newer VCR. And I figured out that the VCR had an like expanded tuner, mm. so you could watch channels beyond thirty six. And it, it was uh, like uh, like Christmas in July. Yeah, you know, come to come to think of it, that's that must have been the reason we got channels above you know thirty six or whatever because we we used to record a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. We were TiVo before TiVo, if you will. <laughs> yeah, the old <laughs> what was it called? Um, like the T120, like you had to record on EP, otherwise you only got two hours of video. Right, right. Yeah, there was no uh, no skip mode on that. Um, <laughs> be, be kind, rewind. Um, yeah, no, we, we used to record a lot of TV, so we, mu- we must have had our cable cooked directly into our VCR, which, yeah, undoubtedly had a better tuner than whatever ancient TV we had. Yeah, so that's that's when we figured out we got like Comedy Central and uh, MTV and some other stuff and sure yeah. and and uh, OCN Orange County's only twenty four hour cable news station. I don't remember that. That was a thing. It was because Orange County needed it. Huh. Um, um. Just also just to bring this full circle, you know, we we talked a little bit about Arrested Development earlier in the show, and 
I always forget one of my kind of favorite um, bit characters in that show is John Beard. Oh, yeah. Because we totally would watch John Beard like, you know, actual actual news reporter. Yeah, Fox 11 uh, News at 10. Yeah. Every weeknight. Right. Yeah. It's just, I... I'm I'm so I think I've said this before on the show. I'm sure I have. I just I love people who are just super self aware, like he is, and can just totally lean into, you know. He's I kind of know. like he's kind of like Brian Williams before Brian Williams had the whole fraud. Totally, thing. <laughs> like you know what right, I mean? Yeah, yeah no. Like I, when he I was totally on th- when he was on Thirty Rock and stuff, and you're like, this is amazing. And then the, he had his whole little thing. Yeah, but he's 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 working past it. He is. He, he is. has an MSNBC show, and he's fine now. Yeah. And in really, in the grand scheme of things, there's plenty in of the, other things to be upset about. Sorry, now. in the realm of 2017 lies, like it's basically like he, he rolled through a stop sign <laughs> when the commander in chief is basically like doing Grand Theft Auto around the entire country. So, oh wow, that's hmm, wow, that's that's really good. Yeah, all these episodes are going straight to the Smithsonian, uh-huh, unless, uh-huh. unless he defunds it. Um. <laughs> Oh, Man, about- you are just you're just on fire in fuego. No, I'm just I'm just super angry this month. <laughs> His son literally said, "Oh, okay." It was like the subject line. Oh my god! It's a Russia hyphen Clinton private and confidential. CC the guy who helped the Russians with some like Ukrainian thing. I forget like what Manafort's thing was, and then also who Jared Kushner on it. And then they say, uh, we have information and dirt on Hillary Clinton and her connections to Russia. And this comes from uh, the Russian uh, government who greatly supports your father's campaign. And he said, yes, I'd love it. (laughs) I I can't fucking. All right. Uh, Yeah, well, um, the. the, Are we going to put in the show notes? Like (laughs) the the Washington Post put this. So the, the full emails came out and. They um, have an article where they <laughs> because he re- released him himself because he, well, he thought he was going to outscoop the fucking New York Times or something. Uh, but they they annotated the emails and, and put a lot of helpful contacts. So yeah, we'll put that in the notes. And <clears throat> <laughs> and the and and just if you look at pictures of his name Rod or Rob Goldstone, right? Mm-hmm. That's the worst part. I just. I, I have an offline comment that I would remind me to tell you after we finish this up about okay. that. So again, what were we talking about? Uh, VCRs. Uh, yeah, VCRs having expanded tuners. How did that relate to Amazon? Um. Oh, uh, HSN. Yes. Okay, but shit. What was the thing about the VCRs? Um, so there was that, and shit. Where was I going with that? No, I think that was mainly it. So yeah, like HSN like was one of those channels where like sometimes like when there was nothing else on because there were only thirty six channels, most of which were because that's where they like uh, channels like two through thirty six were where they just had all the local channels and they had um, like public access and like Mission Viejo community TV and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like QVC and HSN were two of those channels. I think it was like channel thirty three. And like you'd watch it and like and you'd watch them sell bad e machines computers to people and you're like, who's buying this? But apparently they were apparently they were selling telescopes too, though. I've I've certainly told the story, but I, th- I think it was a long time ago, so it'd be be uh, worth revisiting. Maybe with all of our new listeners and everything. Um, dozens of us. Dozens. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on in my Best Buy career, I 
had a, a very nice woman ask me what is still to this day my just the favorite tech related question I've ever gotten, which was, "What's the difference between a computer and an e machines?" <laughs> she 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 said it very earnestly, and she 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 was she legitimately wanted to know the answer, and. You know, again, early in my my retail days, so I, you know, had to keep a straight face, you know, and 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 continue to be be helpful. <laughs> and wear that clip on tie. Uh-huh. Uh Well, no, this was before the clip on tie. Oh, this is PCHO days. Um, this is yeah, this is uh, blue shirt days. That's kind of like saying, is is this TV or is this HBO? Basically, like that's really good branding. No, I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but e machines was never a premium product. So uh, well, to, to, the, to so, the contrary, you know, they were they were generally some of the more like entry entry level machines. Yeah. Oh, they, they, yeah. They were the they were the budget thing. They were the never obsolete thing. Because you can, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because because you got it for ninety nine dollars if you signed up for e machines fifty six k ISP. Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We were supposed to. We were supposed to uh, bundle AOL disks in with computers. That was still a thing when when I started there. I, I think at that time it was, it must have been DSL. Can I stop you? And like, why is this becoming the old person show? Because now we're going to talk about <laughs> AOL CDs with 750 free hours and no young people. That's that's one of the things that makes me angriest about um, like iPads and like LTE and stuff like that. It's like nobody knows that technology was dumb before. They that used to have like physical magazines, like uh, like a PC world that people would mail you, and they would come in like these plastic wrappers that had CDs for CompuServe and AOL, so that you could dial in to to your internet service provider on your one phone line. Like, life is different now. Like I, I mean, I I think I think a lot about how, like I remember, this is probably one of the best examples of this. There was a. a baseball season was at 98 maybe whatever mm-hmm. year it was where mcguire and sosa were both chasing the home run record mm-hmm. and i remember each morning you know running out to the driveway grabbing the paper flipping to the sports section and looking to see if either or both of them hit a home run the previous day because <laughs> espn was channel 37 um, well, I think I think what it mostly was was that Sports Center, yeah, yeah, ran like into my bedtime, so I don't yeah, like yeah. a lot of times couldn't even stay up that late. But it's just like that's probably of, of all the technology innovation that we've seen in our lifetime that we then you know can continue to explain to future generations. I think the thing that I'll have the hardest time explaining, and I and I imagine what future generations will have the hardest time getting their heads around, is a lack of immediacy around information. Like information's just it's just available now. You you can virtually find out anything instantaneously. And that's just that's just not the way things used to be. Yeah, like I mean there's like there's I forget I can't I'm not going to retell the joke cuz I don't remember all of it. But it's like it's just like there used to be a time where like you could have like a, an argument or like just like a discussion over dinner or like or be out with friends and you know the the answer was like no, we'll never know. Or maybe we'll look it up someday, but you can't like you can't just have like one annoying person on their phone correcting everybody. It's just like we can we can have a disagreement or discussion and just you know we don't need to know the truth because like if information yeah you either like we had a set of twenty eight volumes of World Book encyclopedias 
Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> that somehow my parents got hoodwinked into buying because those things probably cost like a fortune. Um, like, yeah, that used to be a thing. And then one time we got like a, an Encarta 95 or something for our, our 386 computer. And that, and that was a big revolutionary technology. But now you, you just, you just ask the lady, the lady in the can or, or your British male Siri guy and you get information and, and we, we all get mad when Wikipedia asks for five bucks. Like, we're talking about Amazon? I, I think so, yeah. Have <laughs> we finished with that? Um, well, okay, we were talking about QVC, I think, an hour ago. Um, Geek Squad, something, something, Okay. okay another thing, totally, we'll probably end up dipping into uh, into nostalgia later again. But um, So I have a question for you about, like, about Amazon. So two weeks ago, they formed a semi-official partnership or like some kind of like pilot program with Nike uh, to sell their shoes and, and apparel on uh, amazon.com proper not just on zappos uh directly so what i wanted to know from you is do you generally find amazon as trustworthy a retailer as you did like maybe five years ago and i and i mean specifically like kind of the proliferation of things that are fulfilled by amazon but not sold by amazon yes why is that um, well, I'm, Amazon's very transparent when items don't come directly from them and, and come through a, a third-party seller. Um, if, if that transparency wasn't there, then I, this would be a very different answer. But, I mean, that information's put out, out there right for you. And, and in fact, they, don't they even differentiate between, you know, hey, this is a product that's being sold by and shipped to you by someone, and then, hey, this is a product that's being sold to you by but is being fulfilled by Amazon. I mean, they, there's all these, like, differentiators they put in so they're very transparent about it well sure so they are with that i guess maybe what i'm what i'm asking is like like five years ago like it just seems like far less stuff actually is quote-unquote shipped and sold by amazon and when something was shipped and sold by amazon you could always like be fairly certain like you know this is a brand new unbox factory sealed direct from the manufacturer like honest to goodness legitimate product and I, I don't know, maybe it's just that through the um, third-party seller and fulfilled by Amazon programs that there's now just far more products being sold. And maybe that's skewing my um, perception of this. But it just feels like way less stuff is actually sold by Amazon themselves. And with those third-party sellers, my reliability of having kind of like the standard Amazon experience and also never having to wonder, like, is this a legitimate or a knockoff product? Is it going to be, like, in retail packaging? Like, that confidence for me and that actual, like, experience of receiving stuff seems to have gone way down. I I definitely know what you're saying, but my personal experience has actually in some ways been exactly the opposite, where I feel like more and more of what I'm buying from Amazon is not only being fulfilled by Amazon, but is being manufactured by Amazon. It well, seems that, like that doesn't every... count. Just, just oh, the sure fact that, like, well, I mean, the sure fact that they're does. they're selling like a lot of the stuff that you want to buy is stuff that Amazon themselves manufactures. Like, that's just the market changing. Like, of course, that like that's going to be the case. But I'm saying, like, if if I go and right now, like, let's say I'm envious of your Nintendo Switch, which I kind of am, and I click on it, I go and click on the first result. 
And it says there are three in stock, and it's $423.98, which seems like a really weird price, doesn't it? Because it is being sold by wow. support for missions and fulfilled by Amazon gift wrap available. Like, what the hell is that? Well, that's so, the stuff okay. where, like, that's a product I expect to be brand new. And if you don't have it, say out of stock. Because what what is support for missions? Well, I mean, can, you can click through, and don't they have, like, a, a vendor page, don't they? So... Actually, how do I do that now? I actually forgot. Um, I mean, this is that's kind of a tough example, okay. though. N- name another product at random, and let me just try an experiment. Um, how about that fancy OLED TV we both want? Uh, but they're actually good about TVs. <laughs> um, I remember when they shipped me that broken one, and then replaced it very promptly. Um, I'm sure UPS broke it, but. I mean, I I don't know. I uh, toothpaste. But no, <laughs> why would you, you're killing me? Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, TiVo Bolt. Okay, sure. This better not bite me. Damn it! Shipping sold by Amazon. Yeah. All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, I still I, think, I think I'm. I, I, I mm. my my experience. I, again, I, I joked earlier. Like a lot of Amazon Basics stuff now, which is actually pretty good stuff for the most part. Um, so I, I would say most of what I buy is, is, um, sold by and and fulfilled by Amazon. But again, even in those cases where it's not, Amazon's being very straightforward about it. So you, you can, as a consumer, make a decision whether you're comfortable with that or not. And something like the switch, I mean, it's a valid example, but it's also a bit of an extreme example because not only is it sold out on Amazon, which Amazon's pretty darn good about keeping things in stock, but that there's also this crazy third-party market around it, which, I mean, really, like, as of right now, like, name a product outside the Switch that's like that. Um, iPod socks. No, what else? Um, <laughs> AirPods. Maybe. AirPods. Air, 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 AirPods, maybe, yeah. Um, I clicked that. Okay, so here we go. Am, uh, Apple AirPods. There we go. Uh, in stock July 15th, 2017, or I can buy it from a bunch of sketchy sellers. Uh, oh, wow. They actually, they, oh, I didn't actually, I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know they sold um, Apple accessories directly like that. I think that changed ever since they had kind of their detente with um, the Amazon Prime TV thing. Oh. Huh. Like, wasn't that part of the deal is that they're now going to sell Apple TVs and, and that stuff? Um, well, I knew it was Apple TVs. I guess I didn't know it was like every, everything else, too. Are you, on, are you on Amazon's website? Uh-huh. Uh, do a search for Amazon Air, Amazon Apple Airport Express. Port Express, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you see that it's being sold by Amazon Fresh? Oh. <laughs> I do, yeah. Yeah, things are weird. Um... That so that is so I that's one area of Amazon I I do get confused by because there's Prime which which we know about but then there's Fresh and then there's Pantry but Fresh and Pantry are separate right What's Pantry is the thing they're always saying get slow shipping and you get a five dollar voucher to like Amazon Pantry or something isn't it And like one doesn't one of them either Pantry or Fresh don't you need to isn't there like an additional annual fee on top of no, your Fresh prime is, Fresh is the one where like you have to pay $300 a year for the privilege of shopping there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
so do you do you want to pay three hundred dollars to be able to buy an airport express base station i really don't <laughs> um and again and did we already talk about this what was the thing where um like why do millennials hate grocery shopping i think this this was that we wanted to talk about the blue apron ipo and we didn't end up doing it but like the fact that they keep making it sound like it's so onerous for um people in their 20s and 30s to go grocery shopping yeah we we, we talked about that okay and, and your contention was it, it is not that way right um, and that if anything grocery shopping is relaxing well for, yeah for me for me personally sure good okay yeah blue aprons having some trouble as as is snap and then and they're, and they're dancing hot dogs not doing anything <laughs> i mean maybe the part we didn't get into at blue apron when we initially discussed it is i mean it's just a freaking competitive space i mean seems like every day there's some other food or ingredient delivery or recipe delivery whatever service so it's just a just a tough low margin competitive space to be in um in blue apron do they just ship through uh, ups or how do you how do you get the stuff uh it's been almost two years since i did that initial trial i don't <clears throat> I don't remember how it came. Okay. Hmm. All right, then. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the Apple stuff. Or or or, or Amazon stuff. Yes, there, there are a lot of A-words. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, were you the one that put the brandless thing in here? Oh, I did, yeah. So what's the deal with that? Because I, I looked at it, but I didn't actually totally understand it or... Um, read that much into it so what what is this so this is a, a startup that uh, just got a bunch of funding which is why it popped up on TechCrunch. where basically what they're doing is they're selling a bunch of everyday um, essentials so like even on this this uh, picture at the top of the article there's like maple syrup gluten-free pancake mix and uh Keurig, although don't call it Keurig, coffee pods and wait is it curry cold okay <laughs> i think i think you're thinking of a uh, curry 2.0 um anyway so that this this the idea Those of this company the DRM, is, right uh-huh mm-hmm. okay. that they then they got rid of um i think coffee drm is still one of our my wait, favorite did, show titles <laughs> did steve jobs do a like a thoughts on k-cups uh-huh right exactly it's uh, uh, <laughs> pretty good rest in peace <laughs> yeah Oh, um, I miss Steve. I do too. Um, so brandless. So they a uh, bunch of everyday household goods, three bucks each. And the the trick or the 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 what makes this unique is that they're as the name implies they they don't have a brand. So it's it's just brandless's own you know product description on each item, and that's it. So there's no. Kellogg's, there's no Crest, there's no Keurig, there's no whatever, you know, whatever name brand you'd be expecting to see. No, And nice. this is not a, no, nice. Um, there's, and this is, you know, this is not a, as we just joked, I mean, this is not a new idea. You go into any drugstore or grocery store and you, you always see, you know, house brands. So this is just sort of taking that to the extreme where it's just, hey, this is just basically all kind of like in air quotes our brand of stuff that we're selling and it's pretty it's pretty interesting um because i i and this is maybe this is kind of the question that we can get at like 
when you go into a drugstore or a grocery store, do you, you know, do you buy like the house brand stuff or do, do you, are you still drawn to like name brand items? So it depends. And I actually think this kind of crosses over into uh, the cheap dad thing I was going to talk about. But um, certain things I'm very brand loyal and specific and many other things I will totally do the the Whole Foods 365 or the, um, the uh, what's what's the Target one? Uh, Market Pantry. Um, and like, no, I, I, like a lot of times essentials or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll totally do the the cheap thing, but some things I am like like uh, what, what's what's what was it a couple of days ago? Like uh, cooking spray. I'm very uh, particular about getting Pam uh, <laughs> cooking spray. I will not buy the Market Pantry or whatever the off brand one is. So, have you done like a comparison between the two, or are you do you just? There are certain products that I have bought the the generic of, and I have ended up super unhappy. Okay. With. We won't get into it, but okay. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll look for your um 2,000 word uh, article on uh, household uh, nonstick kitchen sprays. Sure, I'll post it to Medium tomorrow. Okay, it'll be the only non uh, CEO stepping down for sexual harassment post on Medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yikes! The, 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 sorry, not to detract. Well, actually, please, please go ahead with whatever you're gonna say, and then we'll talk about the three dollar thing. Um. Oh, I d- I just was gonna say that I I'm the same way where certain things i'll just go with whatever's cheapest basically and then other times i'll you know stick to stick to the name brand i I can't really tell you there's like some big grand system behind that though well you like what you like yeah there's one time i bought off-brand q-tips and i got burned by it (laughs) (laughs) wait wait can we sorry can we pause there for a minute no we're gonna keep going but that is that is the thing that sticks on let's come back to that like sometimes you just you buy something that's, that's like you're like I'm gonna buy, buy the generic and you know like uh, I, I got screwed. Some sometimes you get like uh like it's an anchor product like that like you like this is a good generic thing. Like it's Amazon Basics. Like I, I'm happy with this, but I'm sure there's Amazon Basic stuff that you can buy that's like just absolute crap. So like it's just it's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I really want to know what your Q-tip story is. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I don't know. Like it's it's like what do you call it? Who, who's who's what's that one guy's name? Like Ben Thompson, like he's always talking on, like because I, I don't I don't know if 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 Exponent ever stuck with you because I know you have a big uh, podcast debt, and I also oh, know it's, it's a little bit dry. Uh, it's gotten that's gotten worse. It's bad. Yeah, um, it's like the trade deficit. So you go to like so he's always talking about like CPG products, like 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 that's the whole thing of why there's just so much brand advertising in the world, just because like there's certain brands where like you just hope that like a young person grows up with a product like that they find some brand affinity where they're like you know what like i'm only ever going to buy a uh, buy crest toothpaste because like that's what i grew up with and i'm gonna use it until i die so that's like so unilever or procter and gamble or whoever gets like 80 years worth of, of traction out of you by just spending money on advertising and some things do stick that way but there's a lot of things where consumers are going to be like super fickle about it and they just don't care like one of the weirdest things that i think a lot of people don't realize is like just like trader joe's is one of the like the world's biggest and most successful like house brands or like generics because like trader joe's doesn't make anything they just outsource it to a whole bunch of other people and price it well and they have like enough essentials at a really reasonable price and a like a whole bunch of like kind of out there stuff like you know like those pop rock uh pop rocks sugar cookies from a couple episodes ago it's like i don't know like it this concept can work because i think consumers are flexible about that type of thing, and there's some things they're really not picky about. 
Oh, I think it definitely can. Um, I this, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, honestly, like when I saw this article pop up this week, it it was one of those things where it's just you look at it and go, oh, damn it, why didn't I think of that? It's a great idea. <laughs> what else? Have, what else recently have you thought of? Why didn't I think of that? Well, the the biggest one is is uh, Uber, of course. Oh. Um, but then related and a little more recent and not quite that big of scale chariot and chariot was just like i knew it i knew it yeah well because i mean because for me it it was it solved the exact problem that i had had the two years leading up to their introduction which was there was just not a, an easy way for me to well i could get to bart pretty easily but like getting home from bart was was difficult and it just uh, it just was a problem staring at me in the face um yeah. Um, so what's what's the thing with the three dollar thing? Like, how do you think that's sustainable? Like, do you think there's going to constantly, based off like the price of commodities, going to be like, nope, because we're trying to stick to three dollars? Uh, almonds are more expensive now, so you're just going to get fewer of them. Because that's that's their other gimmick here is, is that everything's three bucks basically. I wouldn't be surprised if the three dollar thing is more of just to kind of grab some attention, and that as you know, as assuming that they grow as, as they get bigger, they'll they'll expand. That seems kind of like a temporary thing. Sea salt and quinoa chips. Yeah, that's hmm. right right there at the top. Uh, Gluten-free, though. Hmm. $3 serrated bread knife. Hmm. Yeah, that one I was looking at, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't trust that at all. You got to go with the Kamachi knives. Oh, um, fancy. Oh, no, they're, 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 they're the opposite of fancy. If you, if you Google them, they're probably not shipped and sold by Amazon, but um, <laughs> they are fantastic multicolored knives that go in that dice block I recommended a couple episodes oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice nice callback. Yeah. Uh, also, quick quick miniature pick of the week. Whoever the illustrator on Amazon.com is now absolutely loves corgis, and I'm super proud that they're, they've basically integrated corgis, uh, like um, these like pixel art corgis onto the entire website, and it's kind of the best. It's pretty good. They... Yeah. If they sold merchandise with those corgis on it, mm -hmm. I mean, there there would just be no stopping you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let, let's go on to the angry part. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did you listen to this week's episode of Upgrade? I did. Okay. Um. We talked about this, I think, a fair amount last week, didn't we? About or or was this more of an afterthought about kind of what? the iPhone Pro or whatever this alleged high-end iPhone might get priced at or how that might pan out. We we did talk a lot about it. And my point, which I think was also brought up on Upgrade, was rightly or wrongly, not really trying to pass judgment one way or the other, many consumers don't think of cell phone pricing as being one lump sum as the way you would a computer or almost everything else that you buy but you really think about it in monthly installments or prior to that subsidized through your cell phone plan so like the idea that some that a phone is fifteen hundred dollars just isn't that's not really the price that people see you know they'll see forty five dollars a month or whatever the math is after tax and everything okay so i have very direct evidence that that's not true but um Okay, so the whole the whole point of this to to catch people up 
is that there have been persistent rumors that there's not only going to be an iPhone 7S and 7S Plus or whatever the new ones are going to be called, there's probably also going to be a higher-end model that mirrors something closer to like the Galaxy S8, meaning it has like a, an edge-to-edge OLED, OLED display and is maybe more of a cutting-edge phone than one would expect. So again, to, to summarize, you agree with kind of the like so uh john gruber on daring fireball had a um kind of an analysis and like an article about how he thinks the pricing might shake out do do you generally agree with what was in that article yeah i do and can you briefly summarize what that was about yeah so let me pull this up here so you know he what does he outlay here so he thinks there's sort of like two Two scenarios. So scenario one is where um, you've got a 32 gigabyte seven, kind of like that. He calls it like the seven, not no S for 549. That ramps up through the 7S and the 7S Plus. And then that would then lead to the iPhone, iPhone Pro. Um, going again for all starting at 549 and then i think what is he he outlines something like starting at like 1099 or 1199 for uh the iphone pro yeah and he's he's been kind of the one of the main people who's been dropping kind of hints that he thinks that this phone is probably gonna be fairly fairly pricey so i guess my question for you or kind of maybe what like how i want to like spar with you a little bit over this rumor is why do you think this is actually the case like do you honestly think it's going to be that expensive and specific well actually yeah do you think it's gonna be this expensive i do Mm -hmm. okay why well i think it i mean at least i'm hoping it's it's going to be a a premium phone i mean it's going to be it's going to have a significantly better screen i would hope it have a significantly better camera I think there's the possibility it would even have a different processor, although maybe a little little less sure about that. Um, the fact that you can have a screen which is bigger than the Plus phone in a body that's like the same size, if not smaller than the regular phone, mm-hmm. is incredibly appealing and mm-hmm. probably technologically not easy to do. Um, okay. So okay, well let's let's pause there. So the last two points you made, I think, are dead in the water immediately because Samsung is the ones making the screens for Apple, and they've done it, and they've done it in a phone that costs between six fifty and seven, or sorry, between seven fifty and eight hundred fifty dollars. They have the S eight Plus that has an edge to edge display, that's curved glass, that is OLED, and they've done it and put it in a phone with a very speedy modern processor and it retails for $820. So I think that's out or, or that reason does just doesn't, well, no, does, I'm doesn't not, hold up. Well, maybe I misinterpreted your question. I mean, I'm not suggesting that Apple has to sell the phone at these prices, but the reasons I listed are reasons why they can. I'm not, I'm not saying that if they don't, they're selling it at a loss. I mean, Apple, Apple across the board with all of their products sells their products at a 
very, very nice premium. I mean, is there any other major hardware manufacturer who operates at scale that has margins of 30 to 40%? I don't think so. Is there? Not particularly. Like, and, and that is one of the things that the Apple has generally um, held not a dominant position in terms of overall market share, but they've always held the lion's share of profits in in the smartphone business. So, I mean, I mean, I think that's that's your answer. There is, I mean, Apple's, I think, going to charge this the, the prices that Gruber's outlining, you know, because they can, because an no. iPhone an iPhone Pro can can you know command the prices that he's outlining. I mean, I I will I will very likely buy one. Uh, okay, so. Again, like the point of that, it's going to have this 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 nice edge to edge display. Okay, yeah, that, that I, I strongly disagree with. Can Apple command this high a price? Of course they can. Apple can charge whatever the fuck they want. Like I mean, like they have, um, like the iMac Pro is probably going to be like a very overpriced product. But like the fact that they say that starts at five thousand dollars, even though that's way overpriced compared to like a regular computer uh, that most people consider fair, is like that's completely fine. Um, cause it's using like server class components and some of that other stuff. But like, I guess the other part that I take issue with that, that you brought up, but that many other people bring up is, do you not consider the iPhone seven a premium phone? Oh no, I, I definitely do. So then how is this a, this is, this is a premium plus phone. Like explain, <laughs> explain that to me. Cause you said Apple's going to make a premium phone and that's why it's going to start at 1200 or $1,500. So then, then is is the iPhone seven starting out at six hundred fifty dollars? Is that a budget phone? No. Okay. So then, explain the the, the that incongruency. I mean, the iPhone Pro is a is an extra premium phone. It's a luxury phone. I don't I don't know whatever acronym or. So Apple's in the luxury good business. Sure. Yeah. So so here's the thing, and 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 please forgive my language, but like. Apple has already made a fuck you product, and that was the Apple Watch Edition. Which is fine, and Apple got a pass for that. They they got enough criticism for that it, that it was a dumb idea, and and I'm sure nobody really bought it. And it was a dumb thing that they did just to placate Johnny Ive. But like they already made a product that was overpriced and ridiculous, and probably did more harm to Apple's brand than it, than than any good that came from it. Like I don't think any um, dream that the Apple Watch edition made it like hang closer to um the ultra high-end watch market came true at all i think it was just a weird well, one-off product that was tacky that that nobody liked i don't see the the apple watch that they they brought up the apple watch edition on upgrade and I, I don't agree with that comparison at all for two reasons one is because we're talking about 12 to 1500 dollars versus what was 10 to twenty thousand dollars so it completely completely different scales so that 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 right there is enough to make that comparison moot but secondly the thing with the addition was it was exactly the same hardware like the the use of the product was exactly the same and it was just the materials that were different so it was strictly a a visual difference not a usability difference and i mean it, it, who's to say? I mean, I I've never used an edge to edge screen before. We don't even know what this iPhone Pro is going to be, but I would think that there's going to be clear things about it, like the camera, upon other things that 
is better from a usability perspective. So why can't those be things that are incorporated into the traditional phone that generally slots in at the six to eight hundred dollar price? Well, point? so that so I mean, so you know, I maybe you know, I, I think we're actually going to agree a little bit more here, just maybe not for the same reason, which is I think this is a mistake. I, I don't think it's a smart strategy to come out with the 7S or whatever that's going to end up being called, and then something that's above the 7S, iPhone Pro, let's call it. I think that's a huge mistake. I, I don't think that's a good strategy because like Mike and Jason did a nice job explaining on upgrade, you know, again, to use the same phrase as earlier, fair or not, you're instantly making the 7S seem sort of out of date and almost like the old phone. Like Jason did a really nice job of, of, of framing this where every year prior to apparently this year, when Apple comes out with a new iPhone, I mean, there is just a single phone that is new and is the best you can buy. And this year, that's not going to be the case. And I, I think that's that's risky, especially in light of the fact that it seems like the iPhone Pro is going to be really limited um, in supply and might even come out after the 7S, which, I mean... You know, there's there's going to be a fair number of people, I think, who kind of look down on the 7S and, and are going to wait for the Pro, who obviously, if the Pro wasn't around, would just instantly jump on the 7S. And I would acknowledge there's a little bit of a bubble effect there. I mean, there's it, it, that's certainly not a majority of people, nowhere even close to a majority of people. I mean, there are plenty of folks who today walk in and buy an iPhone 6. They don't they don't care that there's a 6S or a 7 and that that will continue to be the case and that's fine. But I I, I do think for a lot of people it's it's just going to be weird when Apple comes out with this new phone that there's instantly something better than it that they make. So I think a lot of that's fair and and I'll I'll get to a little bit in a minute, but like I I just want to clarify again. So if the iPhone Pro or whatever happens to exist at this price point, like what does that make the seven S? Like if if we now have this like ultra premium phone, is the seven S still a premium phone? I I I mean it, we're talking about I'm about to talk about two products that haven't been released yet, so it's it's a little tough to say, but. I think the comparison between the iMac and the iMac Pro and the iPhone and the iPhone Pro will be pretty similar. I don't think you get to do that with phones. Well, and it also the i the iMac Pro is going to be something along the magnitude of like five times the price of an iMac, whereas no, no, it's like an, a a competent iMac is is. Two to twenty five, uh, two thousand to twenty five dollars. Well, okay, yeah, okay, double. So yeah, so maybe it's closer. Like I, I just because what what really has been frustrating me, perhaps irrationally so, over all these discussions, has been that like people seem uh, keep seeming to propose that Apple has not been allowed to make a premium phone, which if you like, and I know it's not a fair comparison to Android, but like if, if you look, there are phone, there are Android phones that. Fifty to one hundred dollars, which are which are crappy. There are and there are entry level Android phones that are like one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty dollars that are actually decent. There are pretty strong Android phones that are like above middle of the road phones for like three hundred, 
And then you have the premium phone space where like the Samsung Galaxy S8 and the LG G6 and a lot of other phones kind of exist in that six to uh, $750 range, which is also where the iPhone 7 hangs out. So that is the premium of the market. So to say that Apple is not allowed or, or like that, that they haven't had the opportunity to make up a premium phone and that they now have to do this at double the price for Apple to show what they can do. Like, I, I just don't get, then is the, is the regular iPhone going to suddenly drop to $300? Like how, how, what is Apple being held back from doing? Like, like Jason kept making this point, like that, that Apple feels like because they have to make things in, in high quantities and cause they have to keep things price competitive, which again, I, I, disagree with the fact that they think $700 is cheap that like they can't make the best phone that they want to. You don't think this, you don't think the supply things a big issue. I don't think, I don't think it matters. Well, but I think it does, right? Because Apple can't just go out and get any component it wants at any quantity it wants. I mean, it's, it's, it's constrained by that stuff, but then they can wait a year to do it. Because nobody well, else oh, is going oh, to be able well, to. Okay, well, but no, that's like no, no, no. Hold on, but that, that's okay. Fine, I I agree with you there. I mean, it's but you but you're talking about whether Apple should do it this year or whether they should they should do it ever. I, I'm I'm with you that I again I think I think splitting the market this year is a mistake, and that if they can't do it at the right price, they should wait a year. I'm I'm with you there. Okay. Um, but I but I do think that that's a that's a really fair point because i mean i i guess i don't have the numbers handy but i i think that i mean the iphone significantly outsells any individual android phone right mm -hmm. i mean by an order of magnitude mm -hmm. i don't have hard numbers on that but i don't think so i think if you compare global iphone 7 to galaxy s8 series numbers like i don't have the numbers but i don't think i think it's fairly competitive hmm. like i don't think it's like a milwaukee bucks warrior situation <laughs> okay was that a good analogy sure yeah um like and then like so okay so let's let's back up a little bit like like on principle do you, like so do you buy the arguments that jason was making that apple feels hamstrung by their success and that they are looking for an opportunity to make that like out there cutting edge phone price be damned market be damned just to show that apple can still do it like I don't think Apple like whenever anybody says like Apple can't innovate or that this this is a stale design I I don't think the fact that the they're limited to a phone that costs $700 is what's holding them back. I I th I think that's that's selling Apple short and that's 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 just a a cheap excuse. Well, but but this is ex this was exactly Jason's point. They can do that, but can they do that at scale? while keeping their margins and i pro i mean probably probably not but, well but who but who who are their competitors samsung isn't selling negative margin phones uh, i don't know about that samsung isn't they had the most profitable quarter in a long time they had they had the note 7 thing was weird but again if you compare another major manufacturer that is that has that is hamstrung by the fact that they have to sell phones in volume and have somewhat decent margins. Like I don't, I don't think that's a fair thing to say. Because here's the thing: Apple, Apple stuff does command a premium. So if it happens to be twenty uh, twenty percent more expensive than the competing Samsung product to get themselves up to those magic thirty five to forty percent margins that Apple 
um, is like the uh, the prized cow of the industry for, like that's totally fine. But a $1,500 phone is not like doubling the cost of the phone so that you have the luxury of making the phone you actually want to make. I, th- I think that's crap. <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, because here's like, because it, it, like, the other thing that Jason said was that like, he feels like, like Apple has like the top industrial design talent and all that kind of stuff. But what if they feel like they just can't do their best work? Nothing. Apple has more money than God. Like they, if they want to make like the world's most amazing phone and make 10,000 of them and just give them away to employees and just like have them as like little trophies, they can do that because they can just throw money away. That doesn't have to be an experiment that they take to market and causes their core product to be alienated and looked down upon and that only the super elites can have this this fancy phone. I guess maybe we're just focused on different things. I The, the price is what it is. Apple's stuff is always priced at a premium level. But I I think the the bigger risk with the iPhone Pro is not cheapening in the sense of price, but just cheapening kind of the appeal of the 7s. It's just sort of like instantly undercutting the 7s, and I, that's that to me feels like a mistake. Again, it's especially if the rumors are true that the iPhone 8, the iPhone Pro is going to be like trying to get a Nintendo Switch, and it's just like damn near impossible to find. So that I I definitely agree with. Yeah, like I, I have very, very strong dis- dislike and, and, and opinions about just that pricing and that territory in general for something that's allegedly supposed to be mass market or a company that sells as much stuff. But no, I think that what you what the the major point that you have is that like it it alienating people from wanting to buy uh what the real core product is 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 the biggest potential harm for the company. Like car manufacturers and certain people like that can make those like extremely high end cars. Like like um, uh, what's what's a good example? Like Ford is allowed to have like their like Shelby GT, whatever their fancy super like kind of souped up Mustang thing is, because like that's not going to stop people from buying a bunch of like Ford Edges or Ford fo- Focuses or folk guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, because like they're just playing in different fields, but like if Apple, like the leader in consumer technology, and is it the most valuable? Like it overtook Exxon, right? It's the most valuable company in the world, right? Uh, it's I think it's bounced. It's back and two. forth, yeah, yeah. Like uh, for them to say, "Here's the next big thing," and oh, 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 right, it's being priced at twice what everybody already thought a, a rather expensive premium smartphone was. Like I, I think that's where it gets into trouble, and I think that does beg the comparison of why is uh, why is Apple or begs the question that Apple is is churning out yet a fourth iteration of the iPhone six design, and Apple's idea of innovation can only be achieved at twice the price, which I think is insane. Yeah, uh, that that part we agree on. But and here's the thing, like you're, you're, you if if there was one that was th- that debuted at thirteen ninety nine. And it hopefully actually does have touch ID. You'd buy one. I'd buy one. Yeah. But we're but we're not everybody. No. Like mm-hmm. like we're like technology nuts, and like I I would rather eat TV dinners for six months every meal if it meant I got to have like a a really really awesome phone. But I mean like I mean I think it's 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 really straightforward. It, it's I've said, I'm sure I've said this before. I mean my iPhone is. By far and away, my most used device, 
every single day. It, I mean, it's, it's not even close. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, I always want to have the absolute best. Just like, you know, if, if I was someone who did graphic design or did a lot of other heavy um, computer work, something like, you know, the iMac Pro would probably be very appealing to me. But that particular product's not because I don't do that type of work. But with the iPhone, I do a lot of heavy stuff on it every single day. And so I, I want, you know, I want the best with that. Very fair. So let's, let's see. I, I am genuinely super interested to see how this plays out. So your 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 bet is that they do do this. Oh yeah, I I I think so. I mean, when when was the last time there was an Apple rumor that was this widespread? That then I think it's I think it's just up- John. Like it is like uh, like our German and Ming Chi Kuo and like the the lead Apple rumor releasers or like those people like are they saying this because I, I really think it's just mainly john no it, it, it's not john i mean john john was one of the last ones he's his, his take was apple doesn't give a shit about anniversaries they are just going to treat this year like any other year he was one of the last to acknowledge that oh yeah apple might actually do something special for the 10-year mark well no, but is that what people is that the narrative are people saying that they just want that they're going to go all out and they're going to pretend like this is the the uh, 20th anniversary mac all over again that's not i guess that's not a super widespread rumor but i think that's what they're gonna do i'd mm, okay so let's let's get some on the record stuff real quick so what what do you what's your what's your wager on what do you think the pricing is going to be and what memory capacity is it i think it's two memory configs probably hmm Either sixty four two and two fifty six or one twenty eight and five twelve, and well, I guess that 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 will then probably if it's sixty four and two fifty six, I would guess the price is ten ninety nine and eleven ninety nine, or maybe twelve forty nine. And then if it's one twenty eight and five twelve, maybe it's like twelve ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine. And is there just one screen size or two? Just one screen size for for the pro. Yeah. Okay. I think option two for you is right. I think if this actually does happen, which I think would be really dumb to do, uh, it's going to be one uh, one twenty eight and five twelve for one uh, for twelve ninety nine. And maybe fourteen forty nine or something like that. The th- the thing that is, I-, I think, more interesting about this product, which we've I think discussed last week or the week before, is you know kind of around Touch ID and around whether there is even going to be Touch ID and where it's going to be. Like I was thinking about this a little bit more. I-, I think what I was trying to get at, and what I still think is true, is there's just there's a delay with this stuff. Where I I think at one point in the iPhone Pro's life cycle, this was an issue. Like. Can we put Touch ID under the screen? Do we have to move it to the back? Do we just get rid of it at all and go with this face thing? Like, I think there was a point six months ago, a year ago, where like those decisions were being made, and it that information is kind of just now trickling out. So I think whatever Apple's going with that that's been locked down now. But I do think that's that's kind of interesting. Is what what are we going to end up with? Um. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's got, it's got to have, it's got to have Touch ID, right? It has to. 
don't put me on the record. Like, but if it only has this uh, dumb alleged face detection thing, like, I don't think I'd buy it because that's that's a product that's objectively worse. It has to have Touch ID. I think I think it has to. Yeah, like, I don't think Touch ID sensor on the back is is the end of the world. The Pixel does it. The um, the S8, the G6, like a lot of the other Android phones do it. Like you can want your edge to edge display, but to have to look at your phone all the time to unlock it. And also like, in like they talked about this on ATP, like we're like, that leads to so many other complexities. Like uh, what if you don't actually want to unlock your phone, but you happen to be staring at it? <laughs> right. Like, that That's, this is objectively worse in so many ways. Right. If they want to say like, that that's like a really, it's like a cool alternative. Awesome. But if, if like that, that would be moving. That'd be like the the Model X only coming. They're like, uh, no, you don't get door handles anymore. You have to use a smartphone app to do it. But it's a really cool smartphone app. But yes, it's way worse. I so if if we're gonna you know draw lines in the sand, I think there will be Touch ID. It will be under the screen, and then the facial unlock will be an option. And somehow Touch ID and that face thing will somehow work in tandem. I don't know exactly how that'll work, but. Well, I'm sure you can have both turned on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm saying $12.99, $14.49, and then uh, returning the cash to shareholders at three years later when, when it's all over. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, one twenty. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about the one password thing? Yeah, maybe maybe do that and then uh, picks of the week. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So one password is apparently making everybody upset because um they are apparently ditching the concept of um like standard perpetual licenses where you can buy a license for a certain version for $45 or whatever and then you at least own that version and you can have local vaults and stuff like that and they are apparently going all in on their onepassword.com subscription accounts and that its services going to be mostly entirely cloud-based now and that everything is going towards subscriptions which for a lot of people and the majority of customers i think is probably better um and it's a simpler way to do it so that that way you're not having to worry about am i buying a license for windows uh for one password and then for ios and then uh for my mac as well you just have one that unlocks all of them and that provides more predictable revenue for uh, agile bits and everybody's happy uh but do you see the complaints or the trepidation or the anger that a lot of people, especially uh, nerdier audiences, have for the move away from the old style of software sales and like offline support? Well, I, I do in this particular case because of the security angle around it. Um, by and large, I'm pretty comfortable with subscription pricing. I I kind of like the idea of paying a monthly fee and then always knowing that I have the most up-to-date version of the software and that that model enables software developers to put out more frequent and better updates. Um so I I'm mostly not opposed to that. Um but I think with one password specifically the concern is around having a, you know, a local vault which you have control over versus essentially offloading that vault to one password and having them manage it. I mean, for me, I didn't move over to 
one passwords subscription service until I had to, because it's the only way to have both a, a work or a, a team account and your personal account all in the app together. Um, prior to that, I, I just stuck with the, the Dropbox integration that they had. And it, it wasn't, it's not really so much that I don't trust agile bits, but it's just, I kind of liked the idea of having my vault, you know, with me or like where I kind of managed it. Yeah. You want like, if there's some security breach, you want it to be your fuck up. Yeah. And, like, no, like I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I'm, you know, I, I, I am of the internet age, I guess. And I've just, I'm used to, you know, I'm Our used conversation to, earlier. doesn't really back that up. But, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But you know, I, I mean, I go into privacy issues, eyes wide open, but, but by and large, you know, at least with, you know, trustworthy brands sort of go with it. Like Google doesn't freak me out. You know, Microsoft doesn't freak me out. Amazon doesn't freak me out. Like I, by and large, trust what these companies are doing with my data. But like one password's the one thing that I'm like, man, like everything is in there. Like that would just be really, really, really bad if my one password vault somehow got compromised. Like that would just, that would be a huge issue for me. Um, so I think having extra scrutiny around that and having a desire to be extra protective of that is super reasonable. But you, you, you like you've, you've done a look at how um, one passwords encryption and, and that stuff works. Where you understand where like actually getting the vault file or like your dot one password file isn't actually that's not the worst thing that could happen. Oh no, no, totally. And that and that's why, you know, when I started at my most recent job and, and have this whole one password for team set up that I wanted to integrate with my one password personal account, I didn't really have much of an issue doing that. And I don't and now I I mean I really don't I don't worry every day like, oh man, is Agile Abyss gonna get hacked? Yeah. So like I get it, and this kind of like this is kind of a bummer, but I understand um, where they're coming from and what what the reason for this is. Because like a lot of companies are doing this, like subscription revenue is the future, like because that is the most sustainable way to run a business. Um, it makes your your operating expenses and your in, your incoming revenue and all that kind of stuff more predictable, and allows you to plan better for um, like R and D projects and th- like new things you might want to do. Um, well, and we've, and we've made this joke before, but like, I will happily keep giving agile bits, my money for one password. It is a phenomenal piece of software and it's completely changed the way I manage passwords. So for me, paying a monthly fee for something that I really enjoy and get a ton of use out of, I mean, I, I mean, see my Nintendo switch. I, I frivolously spend my money in lots of different ways and subscription services for products i use all the time is not really one of them yeah yeah i don't know i think it's tricky um because it is a bummer to know that you never really own your software anymore like that's one of the uh, things i don't necessarily like about um, adobe creative cloud and office 365 it's just like that you um yeah, like you you can pay uh, $120 for a year's worth of Office 365, and then the moment you stop paying for it, you have literally nothing to show for it. Like, that's kind of a bummer, but I, like, I get the advantages. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's tricky. I don't necessarily see the privacy concerns immediately, but um, whatever keeps Agile and Bits in business for longer is, is good. It's good enough for me. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. All right, let's do some picks of the week. I get, we have a lot of stuff that'll get carried over till next week, but that's all right. Yeah, well, we're we're in the uh, the dog days of summer, as, as you say. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a uh, a slow week. All right, let's go first. Okay. So I alluded at the beginning of the show that this was going to be related to my purchase of the Nintendo Switch today. Um, And it it actually occurred to me today that I had not made it a pick of the week back when I originally used this. Um, But this is iStockNow.com. Have you heard of this? Is this the one you linked me to? Could have been, yeah. So back in, I guess, what was it, February... This was how I ended up getting my pair of uh, AirPods, where just like the Switch today, they were really tough to find. And I stock now, I through some magic, I don't know, they, I immediately identified when one of the local Apple stores here had them in stock. I was able to click the link in the email alert they sent me, which took me to the page to do in-store pickup, which I was able to do, and then go pick them up an hour or two later. And exactly the same thing happened with the Switch. Where it, So I was it two weekends ago, I went over to a friend's house. They had a Switch. Kind of got me thinking again, like, oh, man, like this would be really cool to have. Like This is a really great console. And so yesterday, I finally got around to setting up an iStock Now notification for the Switch. I actually wasn't even aware that they did anything other than Apple products. I think, I think they started with just Apple products, and now they do a lot more. And sure enough, woke up this morning, said, hey, all of your local targets in San Francisco uh, have it in stock. Not only did it know that, but it knew the number they had in stock. Again, I don't don't know how it's doing all this, but um, drove over. They had exactly the number that iStock now said they did. And I was, you know, in and out in 15 minutes, like, again, like 15 hours after I had initially set up this alert. So that's pretty pretty darn cool. This is really good. And it, and well, and so the website, even from the time that I used it for the AirPods to when I've used it for the Switch, went through some major revamp. Like it's a super nice looking site now. It's totally free. I mean, I I don't understand how any of this works, but it's <laughs> it's incredibly reliable. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, the one that I had been checking for a little bit back when I was kind of on the fence about getting a switch was called nowinstock.net. And no, and this and the one that you're linking to is a billion times better cuz like that looks like actually like real life getting things and it's also like this this website's snazzy. So I think now in stock I think must come up like first when you do a Google search for Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. stock cuz that that was the first one I saw too. And again, I didn't even think of checking iStock now until recently because I I had thought that they they were just Apple focused, which I'm I'm pretty sure at some point they were. Um, so how do they make money? I like I know I have Adblock installed, but um, like I don't see a donate button. I don't really see like this can't be like a uh, an affiliate referral thing. How do they make money? Well, so in order to get notifications, you do have to give them an email address. So <laughs> I I've never gotten any spam or anything from them. So I don't I I don't know if that's being somehow used. Um, yeah, I, I, the 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 technology and the monetization are just not clear to me. Got it. But that that's true of a lot of things today. So, 
Yeah, maybe this is how they're getting the uh, the voter fraud data. Maybe. Um, but anyway, it's 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 it, <laughs> wait they 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 already have a link for the HomePod, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the I think they do they uh yeah they they have a link for the Super uh, NES, which we didn't talk about, but. Did they already discontinue the NES Classic? Like, is that a legitimate yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. So they, they discontinued Why? that a, a couple of months ago. Well, because because they're coming out with the Super Nintendo Classic, and that's coming out in September. Yeah, but wasn't the NES better? No, the, the Super Nintendo. Well, the, the, the original Nintendo is historic, but the no, the Super Nintendo, I think, is considered to be the better console. Did the SNES support Duck Hunt? Uh, I don't know if there was a version of duck hunt i'd assume there was i did not have a super nintendo so i i'm not an expert there i i, I had an nes what's an amiibo it's the nfc enabled little doll things that you can transfer data from various nintendo systems with and you get like special unlockables in certain games and stuff huh <laughs> never mind um anyway like wait, is, uh, so wait is this is this just like a figurine that's also a memory card yes Eh. And people okay. have been like collecting them, and it's crazy. Look up the yarn Yoshi amiibos; it's pretty, pretty cute. Yarn Yoshi Am- amiibo, or oh, no, ami- Am- amiibo. Oh, amiibo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're oh M M I I, of course, Nintendo. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, <laughs> what a cutie pie! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. It's pretty good. I like the blue guy, not the green one. Um. So, yeah, it just it's it's. It's incredible how accurate and reliable this service is. Um, but I mean, both both with the AirPods and this morning with the Switch. It went especially like with the AirPods. I at least was able to do like in store pickup online, and like I got a confirmation saying like, "Hey, this is ready to come pick up." So like I felt pretty confident about that. But like with the Switch, so I I woke up at six thirty, six forty five this morning. Alert comes through at like six forty five, and I'm like, "Huh, okay, that's interesting." And then I saw that Target opens at seven, so I thought like, well, I've got plenty of time to go in like before work. Were you prepped um, to say I'm late because I was going to get a switch? No, I see. I I no, like that's been my thing is like I've wanted a switch, but I'm I'm it's an adult. Interfere with your life. I'm an adult now, <laughs> and I I can't be camping out somewhere or showing up to work late. Like that just I'm beyond that phase of my life. Um, and I assumed that Target opened at eight, but no, they actually open at seven, at least here in San Francisco. And I, but then I thought like, ah, like, I don't want to like drive over there and then be the jackass. That's like, Hey, do you have any switches? And they're like, no, the website's wrong. Go away. <laughs> right. Like, no. Why do you think that? At least um, leave with like cases of LaCroix. But, um, but no, sure enough, there were, uh, there were two other people there when I showed up and the very nice target employee that helped us all out was bringing out the the case with all of them and it was great awesome yeah yeah you got to bond with your fellow san franciscans no actually it was two two really nice guys who were there and yeah we we chatted a little bit and it was good good way to good way to start the day cool all right so i have uh, one minor pick of the week and one good pick of the week so let me send you a picture real quick Okay, so my first pick of the week is a Mac app, which you, you will appreciate because you're now a, a hardcore Mac user. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an app that I've been looking for for a very long time, and this is called File Loop. So I've been looking for a way to like easily sort, and I, I really hope I haven't made this pick of the week already. I know, I don't um, think you have. 
a, like an easy way to sort like large folders of pictures that are not like photos that I've taken. It's like whenever I like save like a cute dog picture off the internet or something, uh, this allows me to sort and browse that extremely easily, sort by date, categorize, um, get information about it, uh, flag, color code, do a whole bunch of stuff with. So this is like really, really good, insanely fast, way better than using the Finder. Um, and yeah, just an app I've been looking for for a very long time, and it's it's uh, serving me really, really, really. You said really this is well. called File Loop. Yes, F I L E L O U P E, all one word. Oh, there's an E at the end. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't find this. Yeah, loop like the uh, thing that you'd use, like if you're proofing photographs, like the little I thing. Oh, L O U P E. Yes. Okay, got it. A ludicrously fast file browser for macOS. And that is totally, totally true. Huh, okay. So yeah, so I like it. So I can just point it at like a Dropbox folder full of images or video files or text files or whatever, and it makes it super easy. And that way you don't have to go through and like muck with your finder settings and try to like find a way for it to um, look nice and allow you to preview stuff easily. And then like every other folder you want to browse gets messed up. So I like it tons. And I appreciate that the photo that you sent me, I'd say probably almost 50% dogs. So, oh, and I think it's like almost 100% dogs, except for the Tim Cook, Donald Trump things. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's, a koala, there's some koala bears there, but yeah, okay. it's good. But yeah, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then my second minor pick of the week is a podcast that I subscribed to a year ago and never listened to, and apparently it's no longer in production, but it was from uh, the Australian Broadcasting Company, and it's called Control Z, which they pronounce Control Z. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a, it's a podcast that's like only eight episodes long, and apparently they just don't do it anymore. But it was actually really, really good, and they're only 15 minutes long. They're delightful and uh, super fun to listen to. So if anybody wants a really quick, brief series to listen to, uh, highly recommended. I mean, we don't, we don't normally like linking to uh, competing podcasts on this show, but... Um, since, it's, it's, since it's like a single-season show? Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, it's a moment in time. Much like recording TV with your VCR. Our president doesn't watch that much TV. That's that's true, yeah. He I mean, he said so. 